Hello, nerds and future nerds. Welcome back to the VF Comics Podcast. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about Marvel and DC's plans for the first quarter of 2022, a Kolchak the Night Stalker Kickstarter campaign. We're going to have a long overdue conversation about Bad Idea because they've had some really bad ideas. And then we'll finally finish with a discussion on what we've been reading this last week. So, without further ado, I know James really wanted to cover kind of what's happening with Marvel and DC for the first quarter of 2022, and then I'll pitch in when I when we talk about something I care about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when we talk about Justice League versus when we talk about one of one of DC's books in a little bit, I'm going to be like, it it sucks. It's not good, and I'm going to be like, move on. Um, so James. Go ahead and get us started. Okay. Uh, how many of you guys uh, checked out Timeless, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, one shot that Marvel put out in December? I don't know if you did or not, but um, it actually was a pretty good story uh, that involved uh, Kang the Conqueror. And it was, I guess, utilized by Marvel to sort of preview some things coming um, in the next year. Uh, and now that we're in January, we've, we've got previews and we're starting to see a little bit of, uh, of what, uh, Marvel has in store. Um, I know that we, uh, we've, uh, talked before about devil's reign. Devil's reign continues on, uh, uh, through this, uh, first quarter. Um, I've been, uh, a little bit disappointed with it, you know, coming off of uh, the uh, daredevil run that uh, Chip Zdarsky is doing this kind of spun out of it. And it seems like it's a, uh, seems a little bit cash grabby uh, considering uh, that that storyline was going so well. And yet they've decided to spin it out into a full fledged crossover. Uh, well, not really a crossover, but a, a an event. An event, yeah. Books. I feel like so many uh, good stories are ruined because they're like, let's make this an event title. You know, it's kind of early on, but it really does have the feel of uh, Civil War or maybe more like uh, uh, the uh, period ap- after Civil War, whenever the villains had sort of like gained positions of power and were, you know, uh, being a superhero was outlawed and 
uh, you know, in, in, in the case of Devil's Reign, it's on a bit of a smaller scale in, in that it's New York. Uh, you know, the uh, kingpin has become the, uh, the mayor of New York and he's passed these laws to, you know, outlaw superheroes. And so, yeah, because the era you, know, you were got, talking about Norman Osborn, what, what position did he get into? I know he was a, became he was head of shield was he head of shield because i know he was running the thunderbolts so yeah norman osborne basically like green goblin for for more recognizable name yeah it's very similar to that yeah and and they're building it around that sort of daredevil kingpin uh dynamic uh apparently uh daredevil was able to get the uh, kingpin to forget who he was uh, which is kind of a theme across uh, a comics. lot of different pl- uh, uh, platforms and comics right now, you know. Uh, but the uh, kingpin knows that, that that he's forgotten, and he just like goes. He's really angry about it, and so he's, um, you know, pretty much shut down New York, and it's you know heroes versus villains. Villains being in authority positions, allowed allowing them to kind of hunt them. Uh, not digging it, but uh, we have other events coming. Um, well, first of all, uh, we we should be having uh, the uh, Fantastic Four um, uh, event coming earlier in early in the year. We'll have uh, let's see changes in the X Men. Uh, Jonathan Hickman uh, has you know finished with his. Inferno story, and uh, we're going to have Karen Gillan coming on to uh, to the X to one of the X Men books, and it's going to to involve the Eternals as well. Another book that he's working on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, for the X books, I'm really excited about this new phase just because it's finally taking the next step forward. Jonathan Hickman has been running. Uh, X-Men the last couple of years he had this incredible not reboot but just like a, I think it's an incredible hopping on point if you wanted to read X-Men and it's an incredible story where the X-Men and mutants create their own sovereign nation and a lot of the books are about how they navigate certain elements to not only creating your own nation but then ruling and governing one um, and they've made lots of really cool moves to where the X-Men I'm interested in 10 years to see how they undo all of the crazy things they do, because not only do they have their own nation on earth in the form of a, a Island that moves, but they have actually now colonized and terraformed Mars. What? And are saying that this is the solar system intergalactic hub. Uh, it's been, it's, you know, it's like as crazy as it all sounds. Hickman's plan and setup has been so good. I, I'm going to be getting all the X books uh, that are rebooting. Um, I'm really excited about Knights of X because I really like Captain Britain. Well, now I do. I didn't really know anything about them before. Um, but Nightcrawler is going to be getting a, uh, a an ongoing book as a continuation of its last one called Legion of X. And Legion is the character that is... Um, that the show Legion is based off of in case y'all ever watched Legion on FX. It was three seasons, incredible show. Um, Aubrey Plaza's in it is she's really great, but that character is taking a prominent, uh, 
is going to be a very prominent in that book going forward. Um, I didn't know that. That's such an interesting character. And even, even crazier in the comics as most of the comic characters are. Huh? Um, So yeah, sorry, James. I just, I'm loving the X-Men right now. Yeah. And um, another book that's, that's been really kind of rolling along has been Thor. Uh, This last issue really, uh, really set off the, the uh, telephones for me. Everybody was wanting to get it because of some events that occurred in it. I don't want to go into any spoilers, but uh, uh, Donnie Cates is, uh, has been really, uh, you know, making some big waves with that that book. Um, I think I'd, I'd mentioned the uh, the uh, Fantastic Four event, Reckoning War. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that has been kind of building for quite a long time. Uh, I believe it goes back. Gosh, there have been references to um, to what's about to go down. They go back all the way to like uh, maybe like 2011. Uh, it's uh, it's been referenced quite a bit, and everybody's been sort of waiting for the you know for for the payoff to some of that stuff. It's uh, it it's a it, it's a long form Dan slot story that has been weaving through several uh, several books and now um, that's uh, very anticipated we have a Hulk grand design by uh, Jim Rugg one of the guys from the uh, cartoonist cafe uh, YouTube channel very popular channel that he does uh, with Ed Piscor uh, Ed's done a lot of stuff uh, with Marvel uh, X-Men Grand Design, uh, Fantastic Four. And uh, and what the Grand Design, no, I did do Fantastic Four, Meg and Tom, is Grand Design has been these books that like kind of condense the entirety of a character or group of characters' histories. So it's not necessarily tied as a, into like an ongoing thing. But if you're curious, like the X-Men or Spider-Man, like, they have these really long convoluted histories and Marvel famously mm-hmm. has never rebooted their universe. Um, and That's why so, it's so hard to jump into this. Yeah. And um, so the grand design books have been really great. If you wanted to yeah. see like these really well drawn, because sometimes they do a great job of just like mimicking the art style from those original runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's much more condensed. Like you won't, it's not just a reprint That's of those nice. issues. Like they take a lot of issues and they, take they stuff the story into a single issue um that's smart they're though. really cool. yeah i mean you really need something like that to yeah. to catch in you know that's absolutely great. and uh i guess finally with um from the marvel side we've got uh, uh a new uh han solo and chewbacca series coming and since you said that was the last Marvel thing, I do want to remind you that there is a new Spider-Man creative team um, coming up. And it's for the series is going to be oh, yeah, re- right. renumbered. Uh, it's Amazing Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that looks really cool. They're doing some pretty ma- They're putting a lot of marketing power behind this tease. Um, like sometimes events pass by and I don't really see anything for them. But stuff for the new Spider-Man team has been popping up. And in fact, it is... Uh, oh, yeah, it's Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. So um, if you're looking yeah. to start on Spider-Man, 
I can never guarantee <laughs> good hopping on points for Marvel, but this might be a good one if yeah, you are into fine. Spider-Man. Yeah, and um, it was a pretty big deal uh, with uh, John Romita Jr. coming back to Marvel. We've been seeing John Romita Jr.'s artwork on Marvel Comics my entire life, pretty much, and his dad was a uh, legendary yep. uh, Spider-Man artist himself. So it's really cool to to see him come back home and, and work on that particular title. No pressure, John Romita Jr. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, he he followed his dad on a lot of stuff, so yeah. you know, he's and and he's more than proven himself. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, cool to see him back. And then for DC, one thing that's going to be that just started um, was, and I actually picked up the first issue was Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. Now, if I had to condense to a single sentence what I thought about the first issue. that sentence would be it kind of (laughs) sucks I I I didn't really enjoy it and granted the one thing I'm willing to give everybody is that I have not been reading Justice League and Legion of Superheroes has been a really hard team to follow for a while Um, but it's just it reminds me of whenever I talk to James James is not a big DC reader when I talk to James about DC this is kind of the example of the book that I feel like he's giving me as to what he doesn't like about DC. It's not bad. And I'm sure seasoned readers probably like it, but it's just not a great setup. And I find it really, really messy. Um, Several two page uh, pieces of art where there's a lot of conversation and a lot of different people talking and, kind of a pain to follow. Um, you know, I'll probably finish this, but I'm just, it's so far. I'm not really a fan of it, but I, I've, I've struggled. This is from Brian, Michael Bendis, who DC was really proud to get um, after he left Marvel. But I, I just, I haven't been enthralled by Brian, Michael Bendis's work at DC. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see where it ends up landing. It's one issue. One issue doesn't tell the whole story like it used to. Yeah. Whenever you, whenever you mentioned you had, uh, you had read it, I kind of, you know, went and grabbed it and, and, and was immediately like, Whoa, you know, yeah, that's a lot to take in. Uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Ben just has been working on all of those different titles, you know, Superman, uh, uh, Legion and and some others, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, seeded a lot of stuff in those books. But if you're just going to like jump in and read this, it's um, a steep challenge. When well, some and, event books might try to like slowly get you in, especially to draw out, you know, the number of issues. Um, and but this just kind of starts. There's no like narration preface as to what's going on or technically who is who. And when you meet the justice league in the issue, you're actually given like little spotlights, like hot girl here. I'll just read it to you. Do 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 do. Listen to me. Turn pages. Um, Green arrow, insanely wealthy archer extraordinaire, Naomi new mega power uncategorized. So you get like, you know, at least name pop-ups for each of the film. 
when the Legion shows up at the beginning of the book, no such thing like that happens. And part of that's probably because there's so damn many of them. Um, but I don't know. It just kind of makes it if, hard. If, to if you don't that. know the Legion, if you don't know the Legion, you're like, <laughs> you know, if you don't know the Legion, you're, you're going to be left out on this. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and, and that's, a, that's kind of the thing that I'm, you know, that's like kind of frustrating as somebody who, who wants to pick up a, a major book that you know, comes out. I mean, it, it is so steeped in uh, everything that has gone before that it's uh, it's a bit cumbersome. And yeah, which is great if you're a big fan, but not if you're yeah. Yeah. anyone yeah. else. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure there's probably people screaming at their computer right now saying, "Oh, but you don't understand this." this yeah, this. right. And it's like. You know, I I read a lot of comics, and just because I haven't read a specific group of comics, it shouldn't be that I can't pick up a, a major first issue and not be able to. And that's the mm-hmm. thing is this is right being yeah. this is being touted not necessarily as an event, but a like on the t- on the front page it says limited series one of six. And in a case like that, there should be at least some sort of explanation for the state of things. Yeah, you could do like a little intro piece. That's like a who's who. And you mean the way every episode of TV works, the way every (laughs) everything works. I mean, like even on TV, you watch week to week. You get. Yeah. And not even necessarily like that, where you're getting like this background exposition on all the characters like in depth and how they fit into the story, but yeah. rather just like a, this is who this organization is. These are the people involved, Yeah, you know, and now on with the story or right. whatever. It doesn't even, it, you know, it could be like in the inner cover or something like that. Yeah. And I think good writing allows for inference, you know, like you, you should be able to figure out a lot of the main plot points. I feel like for a first, you said it's a first issue. Yeah. I have a question for you guys, so I should have asked this sooner. But you, you keep referring to events. What is an event? In a like, what do so, you mean by that? <clears throat> like an, a, a, an event in the series. So like, an event what, what is like usually like an event series is usually like a it's separate from the ongoing series, and that okay. like this technically ties into the Justice League book, but it's not a continuation of the Justice League book. So the Justice League book is going to still keep coming out right here. And this book is going to come out for its six issues. Um, And usually events involve lots of characters or books or stories or ideas coming together. Um, Okay, cool. Thanks. Crisis on Infinite Earths was an event. Okay. um, Because also they're also known as uh, Publisher cash grabs, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's why you get... You, I, mean, I remember complaining when we were getting... Do like, most of them feel that way? Like, I've only read a couple, but... Are, uh, are most of them received that way? Most probably. Now, there most, are examples of excellent events that have had, you know, major ramifications and have stood the test of time. Uh, but for the most part, whenever they start doing doing them almost on a schedule you know where it's like yeah you know, driven to to generate profit you know, and, uh and all that it's uh it, they can be really messy for instance i know james isn't a fan of dark knight's metal or death metal really 
but I love Dark Knight's Metal. I thought it was a good book, and I liked what it set up, and I liked what Scott Snyder did afterwards as a continuation. It set up, you know, real good ongoing stuff. Dark Knight's Death Metal was a cash grab. They were like, yo, this first one sold so well. Let's do it again. <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's... Uh, just like I mean, there was a Civil War too. You know, Civil yeah, there was War a Civil was, War was, too. Was a great oh event. God, I forgot. <laughs> Civil Civil War was was a great event. You know, it's obviously reverberated across, uh, yeah, pop culture. You know? So some other DC stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the new Batman team and the new Detective team here in a little bit because I am reading both of those. Uh, but we're getting a new World's Finest series. Uh, World's Finest is a book that focuses on Batman, Superman as a team, just the two of them together. Um, and it just looks really, really cool. I can't really say I know much more than that. James, do you, can you, uh, it features Mark Wade. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, that was the big series. catch. Mark Wade is literally the reason that I read comic books. Um, a friend of mine, I think I've told each of you about individually, uh, let me borrow his copy of kingdom come, uh, in its graphic novel format. And, I had just watched the cartoon, so I had the basis of the characters, but it was this great what if sort of story and reading about what Mark, how Mark came up with it later is it was a um, reaction to the overabundance of ultraviolet anti-hero grim, darker stories. And, but it also told a real, I feel like human story It's like a real human story that you can connect to doesn't have to be, you know, grimy or grim and all that. It can be this too. And it's hopeful. And so I read that and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever read, but it was also kind of the first. And that's how I got in. So Mark Wade doing this for DC is very exciting for me personally. Um, who in DC's black label is also continuing. They had one of their black label series is called nice house on the lake. And do y'all remember when I, I've described this to y'all before, haven't I? Multiple times. Good. <laughs> it's no, such I mean, a, that's fine. I know you love it. It's that's just fine. such a good series. And it's part of that black label, which is it, sometimes they are with DC characters. Sometimes they're not. This is not a DC character book, but it's about a bunch of friends who are invited by a mutual friend to stay at a house on the lake. And now that we're this far into it, I can tell you that the end of the first issue they start seeing on their phones um, videos on their social media of the world ending and everyone dying. Oh no. And when they're like, what the heck is going on? It turns out their mutual friend has a secret and he is not human. Um, So the book is a mystery and that they're trying to unravel the mystery as to why were they invited to this place? And like, why hasn't what happened happened to them? Like, are they, you know, where are they really? You know, it's really good mystery. Lots of great characters. Um, but it's been on a hiatus a bit and it's coming back. Woo! Yay! Next up for our... Um, so anyways, that is everything that is coming. Sorry. Um, Marvel and DC <laughs> first quarter. But our next uh, thing I want to talk not about everything. Well, it's not everything. It's the <laughs> stuff that looks cool to us. Um, I'm sure other stuff's coming out too. Yeah. 
Um, but the next thing I want to talk about, I'm really excited about, and I think this will give chan- uh, Tom a chance to nerd out. Right now, a group of people are running a Kickstarter to create a graphic novel, Kolchak the Night Stalker um, short story collection. For those who maybe don't know what Kolchak the Night Stalker is, and the way I've dis- the way I- way I always tell everybody to picture the character of Kolchak is we've all seen a Christmas story. He's the dad from a Christmas story. <laughs> so now you know Seriously? what Kolchak looks oh like. God. Yes. That's great. Um, but Kolchak the Night Stalker is one of the biggest influences for one of the most popular TV shows of all time, The X-Files. Chris Carter, who created The X-Files, has actively said, yes, I, I, like, I took inspiration from the kinds of stories Kolchak was telling and, and to inspire me to how to put together The X-Files. Yeah, there was an interview with Chris Carter way back when you could buy like the first set of like VHS tapes that had like two or three episodes on them uh, where he talks about Kolchak the Night Stalker. And that was like how I had heard of heard of it, which, uh, you know, was in an era of pre-internet. So you mm-hmm. couldn't go in and access that show <laughs> and check yeah. it out. It was like, oh, that's a show that he watched growing up that that I, you know, now know is a result of, of that, you know, influencing the X-Files. Yeah, I think the only thing that hurts Kolchak at this point in terms of when you watch it is that it's um, it's just much older. And so, you know, and X-Files does that sometimes too, not just within the haircuts and the way they dress, but in just like sometimes the way they talk or when they pull out a giant cell phone or when they don't have a cell phone. Um, and so some of the things in Kolchak can look a little bit hokey, but at the same time, it was taken seriously. And for those who don't know, Kolchak is basically an investigative journalist and he is just always looking into these crimes and things going on. And it mixes with supernatural, a lot of supernatural elements. Um, but he's trying to track one killer and the killer is just outright. Like if you were to picture um, Spring Hill Jack or Jack the Ripper, that's the way this guy is dressed, but he's tracking him and he's been killing these people and it gets really creepy. Even watching it today with some of the dated costuming, it gets really eerie and people was that, that what, what, what was that show a British show? No, it was an American show. Yeah, it was okay. an American for, show. For some reason, I'm just thinking it's just British. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it was an American show. It went on for just a season and I think they had a couple of like TV movies. Um, I've rewatched some of them recently because I love that sort of stuff. Um, was it popular at the time? Because I'd never heard of it until you told it, me. It seemed like it, more, it had more of like a like that kind of cult following. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're like yeah. afterwards like, in syndication, people picked yeah. it up yeah. and were like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I yeah, like, oh, that's soundtrack. great. Oh, I wish it was still on." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's well, how it goes. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's how it goes. Which sometimes, uh. as a Firefly fan, I'm yes. sometimes like, you know, maybe it's best if something Ugh. just ends. Rather than it get to go on for 10 seasons. <laughs> um, maybe. Mm, I mean, maybe. Is that noise like you're not a Firefly fan? I, I have no dog Firefly. in that fight either way. I'm not. I'm not. I, I love Firefly. I, oh, you do? I'm, I'm okay. forever upset that there's not. I love it, but I've seen some great TV shows that I feel 
sank because the yeah. force need to expand them, especially on network TV. When you're looking, you do need this many episodes per season. Mm-hmm. Streaming has saved a lot of shows in my opinion, yeah. because you're not tied down to 20, you know, mm-hmm. five episodes a season. Um, but you know, some shows yeah. just, just, I've just seen too many shows go on too long or get a second breath. That probably would have been best if they didn't yeah. community. Talk community. Community was great up until that last season. Yeah, I even liked the so weird good. four one without Dan Harmon. Like I real, I I, yeah. I enjoyed that one. Oh yeah, the gas. You know, I know he was forever, like forever salty that that happened without him. But oh, that's why uh, he the next season he tries to undo all of it and like has yeah. to just make lots of comments. Yeah, yeah but I mean weird. six is just actually pretty pretty bad. Like the yeah. he writes it into a pretty bad area. It's it's rough. Yeah, um, man, I'm just I'm I'm just kind of looking at at this on on Google right now, and there's some really great people associated with this show. Oh, who else? Uh, well, uh, Richard Matheson uh, mm-hmm. wrote the uh, the teleplay for the original TV movie. What? Oh, wow! Uh, yeah, Richard Matheson has has had his finger on some of the best. Uh, uh, short story writing uh and and did a lot of really great uh tv writing so that's really cool um that was a really good period of uh tv around that around that period of the early 70s um yeah i just just kind of noticed that richard matheson was cool yeah it's it's really really good still like I would highly recommend if you can find it. I managed to find not the whole series, but a, the couple of the movies um, made for TV movies uh, through our library system. Um, but I highly, highly recommend it. If you are a fan of X-Files, I would say that this is something that you should definitely watch. Um, but if you and so if you watch it and if you're into it, this group is kickstarting uh, again, a short story collection about Kolchak in all the short stories look to be original, not just remakes of the episodes, which is great oh, because cool. it'd be neat if they expanded some of the lore and took care of some unanswered questions um, from the show. Um, and if I believe if, if I'm, they had that actor on X-Files at some point, right? Oh, that's going to bother me. Darren McGavin. Yeah. Say that is gonna bother me. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. He was okay. I remember now. Yeah, he plays Arthur Dales. That's right. Who is like because the original agent that discovers? The yeah, he's the father of the X Files. I remember because yeah. I, I I was trying to think. I was like, I thought it so, and it was because right. he play he's playing a character similar but not yeah Jack. Yeah. Um. I remember because I watched a Christmas story when I was a kid and my dad, sh- I remember my watching some episodes of Kolchak with my dad being like, Oh, that's a dad from Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, cause I, I, those were the only two things I saw him in as a kid. Um, the little bit of X-Files I watched when I was younger, um, the opening sequence scared the shit out of me. I'm, yeah. I used oh. to look forward to those. So I'm like, you yeah. know, it used to come on Friday nights and I remember getting so excited and my parents, like during the first couple seasons would go bowling with friends at the air force base bowling alley. 
And the guy that ran the counter, you know, where you could get food or whatever, would put it on the TV for me and face the TV there. So eat my hamburger, watch the X-Files. Because I love love spooky stuff like that. And I remember X-Files being like, oh, this is like, you know, goosebumps for grownups, like, you know, alien came out of his chest or, you know, just, just oh, feeling like, oh man, I'm watching like a, like an adult story now. <laughs> See, I'm such a chicken. I whenever they had the Mulder, whenever they had David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson on the Simpsons for the X-Files yeah. Yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. even yeah. that creeped me out a little bit. Oh, I'm yeah, such a chicken. Yeah. Funny. For our next bit of news, I've got to talk about bad idea because a lot of stuff has Happened with Bad Idea, a comic book publisher that's shown up the last couple of years. Um, and I'm going to, and honestly, I want you guys to speculate wildly as to what the hell is going on. Um, because at this point, they have sold rocks to people and people have bought rocks. They've turned in pins that are worth thousands of dollars to get a rock. Um, they have now sold an invisible CGC graded comic. Yeah, invisible. That means there's a CGC graded book and it just looks like there's no book in there. And I don't know I if mean, they're really- there is. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, yeah, go why, ahead and not you- even perpetuate <laughs> yeah. the illusion that there's an invisible book. My in thing there. is with the crap that you're doing, what if they did? What if they discovered the technology <laughs> the, and they the put first, it in there? The first, first use, use of that technology <laughs> is to create a comic book that's invisible. Yeah, yeah they um, they uh, skipped out on you know war aircraft and. Yeah. Uh, you know everything else you gotta start small guys book. and a comic book is a perfect <laughs> oh size God. you have to start small can't make a you can't make an elephant disappear before you make an ant disappear mm. Interesting. I'm just saying all right good tom got frozen so he can't laugh at me anymore <laughs> um take that you uh. stupid jerk um so and now but now they're selling this thing and I'm only seeing this on the Facebook groups called the object, which oh, is yeah. a, it's just a blurry picture <laughs> of something. And they're the only object. selling it to certain people who have been in contact with them and who have bought other previous things or tried to buy previous things again in the thousands of dollar range. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I want to. What do you guys think the the object is? Those folks. I think that they're very smart, and they're gonna ride this for as long as they can. But I don't know. James. Well, it's supposed to, it's, it's supposed to be only for another week. For my so yeah, tell. I don't because know. Last, if, uh, but we've got two weeks worth of books because out. we're still supposed to get. A, yeah, two weeks. That's right. <clears throat> I say we're still getting two books. Well, actually, no. We'll we'll have more than that. That's right. Because uh, we're getting Monster yeah. Kill Squad, and we're getting—is it Pirate Queen? Pirate Queen and Monster Kill Squad, and uh, somebody said the other day that they were talking about doing another Odin's Eye issue. Oh. Uh, oh, I'm going to be talking about that here in a little bit because I did finish the la- the last issue of Odin's Eye. Who knows with their crap that they're doing? Um, but it's great. Yeah, but- it's great. Like I, I think they're definitely in some ways taking advantage of the collectible market. Yes, and, I mean I mean take advantage. Like because, really, like a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get I for laughing at me, Tom. Now that he's back, well, uh, well can't hear you now. Can't hear. Take you, that, bro. you turd. 
Well, <laughs> do you. Whenever I uh, had some Wi-Fi problems. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I did it to you because you were being mean to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I back up my invisible comic statement. I am gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, James, what were you saying? Well, I was just saying that, 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 that the whole thing is really like meta in a way. I think, you know, I just know that uh, these guys were very clear on, on, on the fact that they were going to do things their way. And I they think are. that a lot of it is, awesome. is, is sort of a, uh, you know, their reaction to the the history that they've that, that they've gone through since Valiant. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry the the blurry picture of the object <clears throat> is five hundred dollars plus forty shipping. It's not over a thousand. That's still Man. kind of a lot. Yes, it's not yet. Um, I mean, once somebody gets the object, who knows? I wonder if it's just like, what if they, what if they just bought a bunch of issues of the re- most recent Detective Comics, and that's the blurry object? <laughs> and they sell you all for five hundred dollars. Detective Comics ten forty eight. Um, I hope that it's actually oh, just that picture, like well, it is just a picture of a blurred. Well, and image. the other weird thing is. When they sent this out, it's you can't do it now, and you had to be invited. But they only gave potential buyers seventy-two hours to oh, decide yeah. if they wanted to buy it or not. I mean, it's I think it's brilliant. It it as, is as, as, as someone who really it's, likes to buy things. Well, it's, uh, yeah, but you're it priced out of it. Smart. You can't afford that. No, you know what I, I mean, I to some degree. You know, yeah, and, but I can understand why you know, someone would pay for it. None of these other guys can afford it either. Trust yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like <laughs> everybody. It's, everybody puts themselves in hock over something. I yeah, guess. I yeah. mean, if someone's gonna buy it, whatever, that's their business. I mean, I think that's what they're doing. Is they're just like, hey, someone's gonna pay for it, so whatever. Um, I think I'd be more frustrated with them if they didn't actually put out good content that's the thing is that as a casual bad idea reader i'm very happy with the books that i'm reading they're very good and i wouldn't trade them for the world and honestly i've talked to several people what content do you guys like by them <clears throat> so what, what books? i just finished odin's eye but um in connection to your uh, question tom actually i was going to say that one of our listeners uh my friend danny anderson actually said the way Bad Idea has been doing their stories is what caused him to make to want to start reading these kinds of books. It's because they're short, limited series. You don't have to worry about continuity. They're not tied to each other. And each is only, you know, five, six issues long at most. So you get a five, six issue story and that's a very good story and you're done. And you don't have to stress out about hopping in and hopping out. Um, nice. So, yeah. and I agree. Like, what about you, Megan? What series do you recommend? I've literally only read one. Oh yeah. Um, is it called pirate queen? Yeah. That's literally all I've read. Yeah. So I remember you good. apologizing to your husband being like, I'm buying these now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, and their one shots are also really great. Uh, my favorite probably has been Walesville. Uh, that is just an absolutely beautiful book. It's it's a uh, 
you could consider it a children's book or a, a mm-hmm. young reader book. But it gives me James and the Giant Peach vibes. Absolutely beautiful. A fantastic book. I sold it to a lot of parents. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I was like, kids need to read this. Uh, It was a great book. Uh, Trying to think of what my favorite series of theirs would be. Um, That 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 is some of my favorite. I really liked Eniac. Eniac was good. Oh yeah, I remember you mentioning that. And Eniac was their official first series. <clears throat> but yeah, Eniac's about like a rogue AI. Um, I've loved Odin's Eye. I, it's, I think it's my favorite. Had a lot of fun with Tankers, though. I talked about this last summer. It's about time travelers fighting dinosaurs um, in giant metal, metal exoskeletons with guns. It's dumb. <laughs> It, it, it's dumb, but it's also trying to make a lot of commentary on like the oil industry and violence too, uh, while being hilariously over the top violent. Yeah, there's and, and the amazing thing is, is that we're talking about these series and what are we like and and didn't like or whatever, and it's something that basically you have to go out and buy the comic book to get. It's not digital. Not collecting it's not it collected. It's just. Get, go get the comics. It's one which thing is they really haven't, cool to me. It's one thing they haven't like that. I feel like was like an honest promise. Their honest promise was we want to bring value to issues again. And that means not collecting it and not releasing it digitally, but of getting your physical issues. And they're nice. They're very nice. They're very high quality. Um, Oh, and the last, and so, and I, I mentioned this last week too. And then, uh, along with all the other stuff they're doing, uh, invisible comics, rocks, the object, um, and all this other crap. <laughs> um, they also fired all of their retailers in an email and are having people and having their retailers re-sign up. Yeah. I don't like that. That's, that's the only thing that kind of pisses me. Yeah. Off. That that's. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about it, James? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why are you laughing? James? Yeah. I think that. Personally, I mean, it was easy to sign back up, and uh, mm. I, we've always had a good relationship with them. So I, I guess. Oh wait, I'm so you so you did get back on? Oh, I don't know yet, but um, it, I just wonder if they'll if they everything are they gonna... everything's good with us. So I don't, you know, or if it's just a thing where they let everyone back on. You this know? is this is just one of those those things where I'm just like I'm just along for the ride. I'm just yeah. going to see what happens. Yeah, that's you know? a good attitude. And that could yeah. be thing. This could have been a way for them to drop some shops that maybe have been doing some things that people aren't happy about, and um, also test to see like if a shop, you know, for instance, if a shop that hasn't done anything wrong but they also don't reapply when they're like cool we don't have like now they're dropped and we can get those books to a shop that does want to be a part of this. I can't see any of the shops not reapplying. Oh uh, yeah. But you know, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, that, that might've been a means to, uh, to an end. So I, mean, we'll- I, I feel like I'm like being like, uh, hazed in college to get to a <laughs> fraternity or something, you know, it's, it's just kind of funny to me, I guess. I don't really, you know, I, I see a lot of other folks get, you know, wound up about this stuff, but it's it's really just 
I'm just kind of seeing it as just something I'm in on for, for the ride. And, you know, I'm just going to see where it leads. Uh, you know, everybody there is, has always been good to us. And, mm-hmm. uh, we've, uh, we've, uh, maintained a good relationship. So I don't really, I mean, if, if we end up not being one, then it's just, then it's just a case of, uh, you know, them doing, uh, some other, you know, piece of, uh, live performance art or whatever. Yeah. Know exactly yeah. What, what yeah. they're doing, but yeah. Very data. So. That's James with not only advice for how to deal with bad idea if you're a retailer, but also great advice for life. Just be along for the ride there. Just enjoy it for what is going on. Um, yeah, I just. There's so much going on. I want to know what the object is. I'm one of those people. If I had the money, I'm susceptible to buying all I, the crap that they that, Yeah, me too. That's why <laughs> if I, think it's I had smart, the I'm, money and I could have gotten yeah. some of those pins, um, I am very competitive. <laughs> I, I, I am a oh, competitive. I've learned shopper. that at work. Yep. That's um, and that's the thing though. If you do have the money, like if that's chum change to you, that's great. Yeah. Like that's a fun thing to do. That's like that's all. You know, it's only an issue to if, if, if you don't. That's yeah. a massive amount of your right. yeah. life budget. Yeah. You know, yeah, if no. you're if you're wealthy, of course, that's a really fun like that's a really fun thing that's going on. But if you know like I mean? me, you had to. If you don't have that money, yeah. even if you are a competitive shopper or you want something or collect it, don't buy it and hawk your life into you know like. Don't go in over your head over something like that. I, I, I would. Yeah. That, that's me telling. That, that's my opinion. I definitely, <laughs> as, a, as a collector, I've definitely had, had I to talk to Ashley and had to have her talk me down. Like, I've gone up to her about some things and been like, hey, this exists. I can get it, but it costs this much. I need you to talk me out of it. I need you to make me feel like a bad person because if I do this, <laughs> we won't eat this month. Um, I'm, I shop at Goodwill because... It's like a competition to find really good things and it's pretty cheap. So that's where I get my fix. It's fine. Yes. Hey, that's a good place to get I your hate fix. digging through stuff like that. I, I just want to grab what I want. Love and it. I want to it. find what I want. I want it to be unlike anything anyone else has. It's very fun. I'm Megan. I'm a unique individual Listen, spirit. Let's get on um, to a, Yeah, let's move on. Let's move let's on. Let's do the shopping podcast. Um, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and you can pay for it, too. I can't. <laughs> no. Hey, you might be able to. Things are going really well for Megan right now. It's the year of the Megan. Um, My husband got a job. I mean, he had a job. He got a new job. He's getting a new job. He's getting paid a lot more. So, yay. yeah. Oh, is that right? Uh, Congratulations. Moving on. Thank you very much. We're excited about it. So to move on, we are going to now talk about everything we have been reading this week. As usual, I have read a lot because I'm a psychopath. Um, And I'll... That's not what that means. It... (laughs) It's another money issue for me um, that me and my wife have to deal with. But she's I believe the DSM has has a code that says... You know, psychopath, and underneath it, it says reads a lot of comics. Reads a lot of comics, yeah. So if you're watching this, you're probably a psychopath too, because no one would watch or listen to this unless you read a lot of comics. Um, but oh. let's talk about what we read this week. Uh, any of you guys can start. It 
does not matter, but if I start, I'll end up talking for a lot longer. Me! Okay, Me. Megan, you, you go. <laughs> I, 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 when it's my choice to go first, I'm fine. When you call me out, I don't love it. So ah, I'm just going to go ahead and start so that you don't key. have to. Um, I read um, Ghost Tree was one I read, which was uh, four issues, actually, at uh, published in 2019. And I just read the the little compilation. And it was about a dude named Brant who went to visit his grandmother at her home in Japan. And it was really beautiful. And it's about this tree that is sort of a, it's not really a portal, but it's sort of a, a, a place where the souls of his ancestors kind of come and congregate <laughs> weirdly. And he can see them and communicate with them. And he, uh, talks to his recently deceased grandpa there and it's it's it was fun it was a fun read it's not like my favorite thing in the world but i enjoyed it if you come across it and are that sounds intriguing it's, it's pretty good um i also read um we three by grant morrison and i did like this a lot the art was by uh frank quietly and i what i love the most about it was the art i thought that the the panels especially were really creative and beautiful there's this one scene where, or this one, like, four-page spread that's just um, CCTV camera footage. And so there's no dialogue. It's just like you can just see what's happening through these different cameras in a facility. And I love that. I thought that was really well done. Um, it's very detailed. All the art is very, like, meticulously done, I feel like. But it's about these animals that have been, um, they were that were, like, house pets once that have been physically altered um, and attached to like these mechanical exoskeletons um, and they're prototypes for like these weapons. Strange. You don't get a whole lot of backstory on that. Um, And I wish you did because I really like that concept. I think that's interesting, but um, the whole that's, it was four, no, it was three issues originally. And the whole thing is just them trying to get home. Um, they just keep saying that they want to go home and, mm. uh, in very like broken dialogue because they can only, you know, they talk in like two word, uh, oh, yeah. you know, phrases and Man, it's really good. It's it kind is. of a downer, but yeah, it's, it, it can be heartbreaking. That was a heartbreaking yeah. story. It was so good though. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's, that may be about as, about my favorite Grant Morrison story. I really? Mean, it is. It is absolutely amazing. When Grant I, I Morrison's wheelhouse it. is always taking these really crazy, just batshit crazy concepts, and even when you see it, you're like, this is weird, and then making you feel like that, like giving you feelings about it. Like you're like, I never thought I'd care about something mm. this weird, and you do. And yeah. I just happened across it. I wasn't looking for anything. It was at the library, and it came across. I was checking it in. And I was like, oh, this man, looks awesome. I'm glad you stumbled on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Grant really Morrison did, uh, did Animal Man at DC. So he's, he's always kind of had a, a, uh, an interest in animal rights. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, oh, they, you, know, you they could really tell that, that, that this was his absolute, you know, magnum opus on that topic. I mean, it is awesome. They, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah, no, I, it's something that, you know, I think it's just easy to um, 
sometimes it's just easy to forget. But yeah, no, uh, Grant Morrison does identify as they. They, them. All right. They, them. We'll remember that. Thank you for telling uh, me. And and Frank Whiteley is a uh, is an awesome artist. He uh, yeah, beautiful he stuff. Is, he he was at his, you know, he had really come into his own on that series. Uh, I loved it. Like it's something I would own. I, I liked it so much. Yeah. I I don't so, buy a lot of stuff except for clothes at Goodwill. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, mugs. <laughs> And mugs, and yeah, mugs. and Goodwill mugs, yeah. Yes. And I buy a lot of books from Goodwill, actually. Basically, what I'm saying is, I don't have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, what did you check out this week? Uh, well, to kind of piggyback on what Meg was talking about, uh, uh, I read uh, Animal Castle, a new story. Uh, first issue came out a few weeks ago, and, and they did a uh, it sold out so quick that I ended up having to check out the uh, second print. The second issue comes out next week. Uh, story, sort of, sort of an animal farm type thing. Uh, it sort of uh, kind of steps up on on animal farm a bit in that uh, you know instead of a farm, it's a castle, and what you have in and this particular story is a much more complex society that's been developed by the animals, uh, which allows the author to kind of address more current uh, political issues. You know, Animal Farm was obviously of its time with its uh, with its uh, uh, examination of you know fascism and so forth uh you really get get the sense that there's still that sort of uh sort of perspective but it's also uh incorporating economics and the i guess uh exploitation of of the working class Mm -hmm. Uh, you have a society that's you know um you know, consisting of animals who were maintaining this castle. And, uh, you know, there's a, an obvious sort of a fascist leadership that, uh, controls what all of the other animals do. And you see that, uh, there are different tasks assigned to the animals, some more dangerous than others, uh, that actually end up, uh, costing uh the life of our uh, protagonist's husband uh she has uh she's raising her uh child alone uh as a cat and uh she uh has her her, her cat at home who's, who's being educated by one of the uh it's like goose if i'm not mistaken uh who uh ends up being a bit of a, a political rabble rouser there amongst the other animals and uh, causes an uprising that is brutally put down by the dogs who are tasked with uh, security over the uh, over this animal uh, civilization that's been set up there. Uh, it what I really liked about it. I, I don't know if you guys you know if, if you remember from Animal Farm. 
you know, a lot of times these, these stories are always sort of told from a male perspective uh, with a male pr- protagonist and how, how they sort of interact with that type of, uh, of society. Uh, in this case, you know, it, it's a single mom that's our protagonist, basically a, a cat who has lost her, her husband who, uh, he was doing his, his a very dangerous job. And, and, and now she's doing that job. Uh, and, uh, you know, the first issue sort of, you know, establishes the uh, society and, and our main players, uh, going forward, you can tell that, uh, you know, the, the stakes are going to be high. Uh, there's a, a, a heavy, uh, there's a heavy air over, over this civilization. It's obviously an, a, a, uh, an oppressive regime that, uh, you know, ultimately a lot of the workers try to revolt and it gets put down very brutally. Uh, and I will say that it is not for the faint of heart. It is a very, there's some really tough stuff in it. Uh, but I am really looking forward to, uh, continuing with this one. I know that there's been a lot of animal, animal, you know, properties out there right now. Uh, but this one may have caught my interest more than any of the others, just because of the socio-political aspects. Uh, yeah, a lot of the yeah, others are like kind of good. horror properties, but this has a lot more going on than that. Yeah, uh, it, it's like uh, it, it really is Animal Farm on steroids in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, I, I was kind of worried whenever I saw it. It's like Animal Farm, Animal Castle. Okay, so we're just gonna, you know kind of go down that road, but it seems like they're using that larger uh, uh, concept to look at, you know, some of the, the aspects of animal farm only bringing it into more modern, into more modern political issues. And that is really cool to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board. That is, uh, that is from Ahoy Comics, and uh, you know, I believe the second issue comes out uh, next week. So, so yes. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. That's awesome. No, that sounds great. I am really into, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. James, anything Did else? Did you read any? Oh. Oh, go ahead. Did, uh, did you read any? That's animal? my thing. Sure. Did we all read animal stuff? I mean, no, I'm sure Marcus wrote, read about, uh, as about people fights. who dress like animals at nighttime. <laughs> like, that's the flame. <laughs> Boo. Let's hear about it. Boo. Well, I, I'll go through Just these, uh, kind of the way I normally do, um, without going Sorry. into too much detail. Um, so I did finish, uh, Jeff Lemire's Robin and Batman. Uh, third issue. It was only going to be a three issue miniseries, but it really focuses on the formation of Dick Grayson as Robin and how he turned out so different for Batman because he has just as, if not more so, of a tragic background than Batman. He didn't just lose his parents, um, he lost his siblings as well uh, when they were killed at the circus. So it kind of focused the, 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 series 
focuses on him dealing with his anger and why he chooses to do the things that he does and why Batman thinks he's so capable. And it really gives a good look at so many times in modern Batman origin things where Robin shows up, they tend to focus on some of the harsher aspects of Batman. And this book has a place for that, but it also shows and talks a little bit about why would he take, you know, take in this 10 year old boy? Like how, why would he take in this young boy and help him and how he would treat him? And it's just really, really great. Um, so I read that this week. I highly suggest it. I hope they collect it and they've got a bunch of supplemental material for it. Um, I continued with the Batgirls series this week, um, which is just kind of like a really fun series. It's about the original Batgirl, Barbara, um, who's the Oracle, and she's kind of gone into hiding with the other two Batgirls, uh, one being Stephanie Brown, also known as Spoiler, and the other being Cassandra Kane. Uh, movie people might recognize Cassandra Kane from the Birds of Prey film. Uh, I don't know if any of y'all saw that. It's one of the only good DC movies. <laughs> um, okay. uh But the only thing that's been difficult about it is it's clearly dealing with fallout from previous events from the last year of which I don't know anything about, but it kind of, you know, to tie it to me talking about justice league versus Legion of superheroes earlier. And that the, that book just throws you in too hard and probably requires you to know a lot going in. This book is not dependent on you knowing who some of the things and characters are referring to are. You can follow along and enjoy the book as is. And even those two issues in, I feel like they'll cover some of the ground as to who the magistrate is and their background and things like that, that have popped up that reference. Like I don't 100% know why they're in hiding where they are and why they've gone technology less, but they're giving you little glimpses here and there as to why. Um, so if anything, it's, it's kind of the counter to the justice league versus Legion of superheroes for me. Um, I'm also still reading the mighty Morphin power Rangers and power Rangers series. Mighty Morphin 15 came out this week. And I, I was trying to think of a way to condense what's been going on so far in this book for you guys. <laughs> and I don't know if I can do it well. But basically, Zordon in Power Rangers is an alien. Uh, He's from the planet Eltar. Well, the Eltarians, led by um, someone that Zordon used to work with named Zartus. Yes, Zordon Zartus. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I don't know. We can't hear you. Tom, we can't hear you, but I know you're probably being like, what? Going into Zordon's home planet, I just was like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting that summary. Okay. We're, we're getting that summary. So basically, Zordon's people are attacking, and the person leading the Altarian forces has kind of learned to control these cosmic destroyer entities. And so the two different teams of Power Rangers from each book are having to come together during this event. But it's really cool because it's also been shining light onto Zed's background. Again, one of my big compliments for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics has been 
they have taken what is not full of depth, what is not full of character, and is a real basic show to me, and they've added depth and character to it, while also having kick-ass giant robots fight giant monsters. It's everything. Um, so that's kind of the war kind of going on right now, and the Power Rangers are they're losing it. Uh, which reminds me of when, in the show back in the day, when Zed first showed up, he destroys their Zords, and it was this huge deal. Yeah, it came out of nowhere, too. Yeah, people were like, oh, shit, what are they going to do? When really, it was just like a toy and footage, you know, maneuver. But yeah. the way they told it, you were like, oh, man. Um, so I'm sure that they'll get through this. But I can't guarantee, like, they're doing their own canon now fully. Anything could happen to any of the characters. And it's really, really exciting. Um, the one that episode spoiler- was on during primetime, right, Marcus? I mean, they always had the new episodes on in the afternoon, I remember. I don't know if it hit prime time. Um, But yeah, it's cool because like Zed is tied to Zordon's background. Uh, Zed is also Eltarian. And Zordon didn't really know that till recently. And it turns out that they knew each other. And Zed's just that's why Zed has the events between them is why Zed hates his ass so much. Um, And so really, really cool. and the last thing I have on here, because I ran out of time to, I only picked this, the other book up yesterday, was, again, I finished Odin's Eye, number five this week. Uh, continues to be amazing, but the final issue does take a step, an extra step into fantasy that the other issues danced around. And I'm still not 100% sure how to interpret it, so I keep rereading it. This is a good thing. <laughs> this is a good thing. If a book, a comic book, once you, you know, makes you feel like you want to go back and analyze it and reread it, th- I mean, I, I can't, I need to reread the whole series now. Um, but it does end in kind of an open ended fashion. I won't spoil it. Uh, I think everyone should read it. So if they do do another issue or connective tissues to it, like I, they, there's room for that. Um, but yeah, it takes, it takes a real turn while maintaining its tone and the artwork. Um, so definitely check out Odin's eye. Um, I also picked out uh, Conan, Conan, the barbarian. Uh, I think it was number 25, three, which is technically issue 300 this week from Marvel, just because I thought it'd be a cool character to pop into, but I haven't read it yet. Um, but I really like some of those real old Robert E. Howard properties. I talked to James uh, yesterday about um, Solomon Kane, who is like a Puritan era swashbuckler, supernatural fighter. Um, really great stories. Um, but that's all I read this week, guys. No more. That's <laughs> all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, do you have a chance to check out anything this week? Yeah, I read the. Four, first four issues of Gideon Falls and yeah. uh, I'm just getting really into that man it was really good really really good really uh, really glad for the, for the recommendation because I'm real into that book right now yeah I think that's a book you're going to really enjoy it's got a lot of that like um, s- you know sinister feelings from like X-Files and uh, Twin Peaks and concepts like that that I know yeah. that you're really into yeah, there's a lot to the mystery that I'm wanting to 
want to find out what happens for sure. It's really good. I'm gonna have to bring you by some, bring something by you later. Secrets. Um, <laughs> well, cool. So yeah, a lot of great stuff came out this week. I'm glad we all had a chance to check out some stuff that we really, really liked. Um, and oh, what's that? Nope, sorry. I just some of my Power Ranger stuff got moved down. And I was like, oh, did I forget a Power Ranger thing? Don't worry, guys. I didn't forget anything about Power Rangers. Don't worry. It's stress free no, time. I, I can't listen to your intellectual, you know, highbrow, you know. You see, technically, Zordon is from the planet Eltar. He is also Eltari. He is also Eltarian, as is Zed. You see, 10,031 huh. years ago, that's they the defended the United System. Anyways, uh, so no, I won't do that. It's fine. We are going to finish up. We are going to go quickly, and it's going to be a bonus episode up on our Patreon, which you should all definitely check out, even if just for a month, to listen to us talk about some other stuff. But we talk a little bit about some of our nerd TV and movies. But uh, James and Tom and I are going to talk about uh, the Book of Boba Fett episode like this show's been a roller coaster and that's all to say on this free episode go support us on patreon so you can listen to the episode um, and I'm trying to think that is about it so support us please we want to explore everything in this industry and your support really really helps if you're unable to support us just thanks for listening and supporting us that way with your time make sure to check us out on youtube at bf comics podcast or go to bfcomicspodcast.com for everything that we do. Podcast, YouTube, articles included, and show notes. We'll see you guys next week, and don't forget to read